Welcome to the 12th episode of Resuscitating the Business of Humanity. The title of this episode is Critical Red Pill. The date is February 22nd, 2021. The location is Des Moines, Iowa, and I am Gary William Bear. To start this episode, I would like to make reference to a movie that came out in 1999 called The Matrix. And when The Matrix came out, it was um, quite startling that humanity could find itself in a situation where it was nothing more than an energy source to an alien life form and that for the entire span of a human life, it lived in this artificial reality that uh, was created to generate emotional energy from the human being, which was then used to support this alien life, this alien civilization. And even to the extent that when one of the human beings in that matrix died, their body was dissolved. And the nutrients from that body were used to sustain and grow the body of babies and young adults and other um, participants in the matrix. All the while, the human being, the human population was asleep, unaware and distracted. And what was very interesting about the movie, which was so compelling to me, was that no matter what action a person took while in the matrix to advance their life or to free their life or to conquer evil or to um, pursue good or to do whatever they wanted to do, you understood that it didn't matter because they were never able to free themselves from the very servitude in which they were held. And it was because of this movie that this notion of taking the red pill or the blue pill became popular. And the red pill symbolized taking, um, it was a metaphor for choosing to be awake to the reality of one's existence for the purpose of becoming free of it. No matter how um, uncomfortable that reality, the true reality may be, it was still the only way through to become free. And the other pill was a blue pill that participants who were given the opportunity within the context of the matrix that they could take this blue pill and the blue pill would put them back to sleep and they would forget that they had ever heard about the red pill, that they had any knowledge of the matrix or anything like that. Now, in the last, I don't know, three, four years, a lot of news has been coming forward through the alternative media that talks about the very same elements that were presented in the matrix. And we learn from various people, such as Dr. Charlie Ward, Scott McKay, 
Michael Jaco, Juan O'Savin, um, Simon Parks, and there's many others who on the alternative media are talking about the actual reality in which we live. They talk about human engineering, uh, child sex trafficking. They talk about underground military bases, advanced technologies, and all sorts of things. And almost without exception, the people who are doing this wonderful work and talking about all of these real things, they talk about having been red-pilled, <laughs> meaning that they have lifted the skirt or looked behind the curtain in The Wizard of Oz and seen what is really going on. And because of this process and the fact that I find that many people are being very fearful and angry and hateful and rageful in light of what they're learning and their reactions to the information that's been presented, I felt inspired to make this podcast in light of those events that have been transpiring, especially over the last year. And what I feel inspired to speak to is an underlying mistake that I perceive taking place in the thinking and feeling and believing of a large segment of our global population. What I'm referring to here is the source of the frustration and anger and hate and rage that appears to be moving in the minds of many groups of people, in the different camps of people, be they Republicans, Democrats, Trump lovers, Trump haters, Biden lovers, Biden haters, Antifa, Black Lives Matters, or whatever camp of identification in which people find themselves. And what astounds me in all of this is that while I appreciate how the discord expressed by many people, by everyone, arises from a sincere desire to have the world appear or to be different than what it currently is. And while I appreciate why people believe that through expressing their thoughts, emotions, and behaviors, they will be able to alter and change the world, you know, change the world the way it appears. And in spite of what, all of that, what is clear is that the people who are speaking and acting out who are shouting and rallying from their respective positions, who are expressing the fear, expressing the anger, expressing the hate, expressing the rage, have no understanding or seem to evidence having no understanding about the true agents responsible for change in our individual and collective reality. I say this because as a group, Humanity does not yet comprehend how we have arrived at the current horrible state of affairs. We have no idea how we perpetuate it. And finally, because of this lack of comprehension, remain clueless as to the steps required to extricate ourselves from it. And in the absence of a correct understanding of the causes at work, what do we do? We blame others who in turn blame us, each of us, remaining entrenched in our respective camps of identification, all the while failing to miss the truth of the underlying cause 
of this horrible state of affairs, which only serves to perpetuate the problem which is of our own creation. To illustrate this point, I would like to describe an experience I had in 1999 while living in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. On this particular day, I was driving with my wife and another couple through Yellowstone National Park to Montana. The other couple with us were house guests who by this time had been visiting for several weeks. And it was in the course of many conversations with them during their visit that I was introduced to the idea that regardless of what it looked like on the planet, you know, on our earth, with the different continents, countries, governments, institutions, and businesses, that in fact, everything was owned by a handful of families these being long-standing families with ancient lineages and bloodlines that have secretly owned and controlled the earth for thousands of years. And that everything that appeared to be taking place on the surface of our world actually sat upon, took place upon the ownership that these 12 or 13 families had over the earth. Now, I admit that at the time I learned this, I was quite upset with the notion that somebody or some group owned everything, that nothing was for sale, that I couldn't own anything because it was already the property of another. And then I thought, you know, if that's the case, well, maybe it doesn't have to be a bad thing if there was benevolence in that ownership. The next thought I had was, well, if it's true that these 12 or 13 families owned everything and that they can never be divested of their ownership, why then is the world fraught with perpetual violence and divisiveness and wars and pollution and poverty and all of the things that plague humanity? Why has that been allowed to continue? Why have the owners of the earth allowed such suffering to take place? In fact, I further reasoned that if I owned the earth and everything on it or in it, if I were the owner of it all, wouldn't I make it so that everyone was prosperous, happy, healthy, and exuberant, expanding each human life to the heights of human potential? And wouldn't that be a good thing? And then it dawned on me that that outcome, that benevolent state of affairs, does not serve those 12 or 13 families. And it was in that precise moment when I realized that behind the 12 or 13 families, there must be another's hidden agenda. And by agenda, I mean another form of life that derived its sustenance and nourishment from the suffering, the anger, the fear, the hate, and the rage generated in humanity's experience of discord in life, just like the people enslaved in the matrix. Now, by that I mean the artificial intelligence or the alien life form that was sustained and nourished by the suffering of humanity. The perfect parallel. Now, a clever so-called devil's advocate might say, well, the 13 families are all fighting with each other, trying to take over one another for dominance of the earth, kind of like that game in the 70s called Risk, where you're trying to, you know, occupy as many territories as possible so that you, became, you may become the ruler of the world. And I thought, okay, let's just say that is the case, that the different families are in conflict. 
Even so, given the historic and scientific fact that people are more productive when they're happy and healthy, why wouldn't there be a competition amongst the 13 families to make the perfect human society? Wouldn't that expression of humanity be more successful, competent, and powerful than any other? Moreover, why isn't uplifting the quality of human life their marker of competitive advantage? with these 13 families who are supposedly in competition with each other? It's a good question, right? Because no matter how you look at it or what argument you advance to explain the suffering of humanity, it is my individual, and I suspect our collective experience, that the healthier, the wiser, the happier a population is, the more devoted they are to their government, the more caring they are for their community, and the greater their accomplishments. So clearly, it isn't that they are in competition with each other, that these 13 families just can't get along because they're trying to beat each other up. It must be that there's a hidden agenda. It must be that there exists a level of life that derives sustenance from the suffering of human life. In fact, I would wager a bet and declare that these families who have their roles as owners of the earth have it given to them with the caveat that they must create human misery for the benefit of this other alien level of life. Now, when I had this epiphany, I immediately understood how the discord that you and I and others find throughout our lives has been carefully cleverly and secretly engineered, even insinuated into the very fabric of life. And I began to look for it everywhere. And what I found is that today, every institution or camp of identification that any one of us holds dear, or rather what I'd like to say is that every camp or institution of identification that any of us hold dear have one con one fundamental feature in common. It is the perpetuation of fear, anger, hate, and rage as the negative emotion, as the energy in motion that sustains this other level of life. And while we are busy with this negativity, we are conveniently distracted through our every discord which simply hides the truth of our complicity, our bondage, and our ownership. For surely those that claim to own the earth also claim to own us as well. Because of the endless operation of such abuse, today there is nowhere and no place where any of us can take refuge that is free of the discord found anywhere and everywhere, ubiquitous in our world. And in not realizing this, and in failing to make our escape, we endlessly bind ourselves through our unexamined and unconscious, even institutionalized practices of fear and anger and hate and rage and jealousy and arrogance and suspicion and all of the rest in all the areas and from all the camps of our life, and yet think nothing about it. In fact, we indulge in and crave it just as the heroin addict does his drug. In fact, the height of our culture, 
our government, media, entertainment, sports, finances, medicine, social, military, you name it, invites it such that we teach and mirror and celebrate discord without realizing. And even by our simply observing it or our acquiescence to it, we fundamentally serve to perpetuate the very things humanity claims that we no longer want. For we don't want wars. We don't want poverty. We don't want sickness. We don't want pollution. We don't want suffering. We don't want stealing. We don't want violence. We don't want sickness. We don't want the fear and the anger and the hate and the rage. Yet, what is the tool that has been modeled for us and taught for us in all of the comedies and all of the science fiction movies in all of everything? What are we taught? What is this tool that we're taught to utilize to complain or alter our reality? More precisely, what is the, if you will, emotional posture that humanity is encouraged to stand in, whereby emotional posture means how you and I and others relate emotionally? What is the emotional posture we are taught to use when the world falls short of our expectation about it? We practice fear. And when that does not produce the desired result of changing the reality, we practice anger. We escalate. We upgrade. And when anger is not enough, we upgrade to hate. And we upgrade. <laughs> when hate is not enough, we go to rage and violence and so on. And we are taught to relate to the problems of the world in this manner, which only serves to perpetuate it. Now, this being the case, how will humanity ever extricate itself from the situation in which it currently, previously, and if failing to change our ways will be in the future? How do we extricate ourselves from this very, very sorry state of affairs? Because clearly doing the same thing while expecting a different outcome has proven to fail in our efforts to free us. Just like everybody plugged into the matrix, going through all of the dramas of their life, always failed to free them of their servitude. Now, as a means to answer that question and to kind of lighten the mood a bit, I feel compelled to make reference to another movie to illustrate the point. This movie is called Monsters, Inc., which is a cartoon that starred the voices of Billy Crystal and I think John Goodman, which is about a hidden world of monsters like who live in a parallel reality, who have access to any child's closet or the space under their beds through a series of doors inside the monster's world that are actually portals to the bedrooms of children's worlds or to all the children throughout the world. And every night, these monsters go through those portals to scare the living daylights out of the children and then capture the energy of the child's fear, which is then brought back to the monster's world to power, to power their society. And from the movie, you understand this is a practice that has been going on for thousands of years. 
Does any of this sound familiar to you? And then by some unexpected change of events, one of the monsters captures the energy of pure loving delight of one little girl, where the energy captured was far more powerful than any quantity of fear that had ever been captured by any monster throughout their entire history. And that energy was the energy that the monsters used or depended upon for a very long time. So what did the monsters do? Well, they changed their approach to the children. And rather than scare them, they humor them to get them to laugh and giggle and capture that more powerful energy of love and joy. But sadly, the monsters of our world are unable and unwilling to do this for us because they are addicted to the energy of fear, anger, hate, and rage, and frankly, will die in the presence of joy, love, and light. So, if we want to free ourselves, we must take responsibility for our emotions and cease our practice of fear, anger, hate, and rage as our response to the world. But this is a very, very, very difficult transition because we too are addicted to our fear our anxiety, our anxiousness, our anger, and our hate, and our rage, to such an extent that now we are afraid of everything. We are afraid of our doctors, and we are afraid of our educators, and we are afraid of our media, and we are afraid of our legal system, and we are afraid of our government, our military, our police, our bankers, and we're afraid, 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 endlessly afraid to such a degree that now we have become afraid of our families, our neighbors, our environment, and even our own bodies. All the while, what's going on? All the while that we are afraid, we are distracted by our fear, which simultaneously nourishes, sustains, and strengthens the agenda of the families who use our energy of discord to deliver mayhem to mankind. Anyone who practices fear, anger, hate, and rage is perpetuating the reality in which we currently find ourselves, the one that we all claim to revile against. Because of this, we must stop this fear and all of its derivatives present if we wish to arrive at a better reality. For there is no path from where we stand in our practice of fear to the fifth dimension or the new earth or the golden age on the back of such emotional tones. And so I submit to you the red pill that people seem to be talking about, the one that others claim to have taken and because of which they say, I've been red pilled, I know what's going on, I know this, I know that. Well, guess what? That is not the red pill. The true red pill, which I refer to here as the critical red pill, is this and only this. We must be vigilant by endlessly and tirelessly inquiring into our moment-to-moment -moment experience. We must ask, now wait a second, I was happy. 
or content a moment ago, and now I'm afraid, I'm angry. Why? We must ask ourselves, what is the belief or the opinion or the assumption that I just confused as the truth, which now gives rise to this negative emotional posture within me? We must ask ourselves what we know to be true in this moment and not what we have been told to believe about it. And many times we will know that we don't know what is true. And knowing that you know you don't know is infinitely more powerful in transforming your reality than in being seduced by a belief which you have no way of knowing is true. I say this because if thoughts, beliefs, opinions, and assumptions were truth, they would free you, they would free me, they would free us. And since fear and all of its derivatives are found to be binding, with just a little deductive thinking, we should understand that they cannot be true. So this is the task that faces humanity. In fact, this is the only business of humanity and the purpose, my purpose, for which these talks have been created. The other point is this. No event taking place in the world causes your fear, anger, hate, or rage. Those emotional tones within you, those postures, are already living in you because the families, the 13 families, have made it their life's purpose to make sure we take recourse, recourse to them by constantly and consistently presenting us with opposing camps of identification, different points of view that are polarized about which and towards which we unconsciously express our unexamined and unresolved emotional postures. This is because the things that happen in our world do not create our emotional postures, our emotional tones. They are merely an excuse for us to express them and notice them. And this is a good thing because such discord needs to be released. And to be released, it must be revealed. You can't release negativity unless it is presented in your life. But we must not indulge in it. We must not buy into it. We must not go with it. We must never take action on the basis of it. We must never act on the basis of our fear, of our anger, our hate, or rage. Instead, we must sit with our discord. We must allow it to be there because, well, it already is there. And the only way to diffuse it because it's an energy, it's a movement, it's an energy in motion. The only way to diffuse it is first to notice it. I am afraid. Acknowledge it. I acknowledge the fact that I'm afraid because such and such said this and I'm afraid of that. And then you accept. I accept I'm afraid because I'm afraid that this person said this and that means that. And you accept it and you sit with the discomfort and you breathe. And you allow yourself 
to feel into where else have you felt this fear? What other instances throughout your life? How far back can you remember the first time you fell prey to this fear? And in this manner, noticing, acknowledging, and accepting again and again and again is all you need to and all you can do for the negative energy emotion to dissolve under the expression of its own power in its own time. Only in this way will we realize the truth and source of our servitude and free the human soul. Realizing this is the great awakening. The great awakening is for us to wake up to the fact that our unconscious practice of falsehood, of fear, of untruth, will never deliver us to the truth. And if ever there was a time for humanity to shift, it is now the time to take responsibility for the discord engendered by what you think, you feel, and you believe. This is the critical red pill, the most difficult pill that humanity must take to navigate the times we are in and those soon to come. It is time to wake up. Will you wake up?